Disclaimer. AFL players, coaches, and umpires are professionals. The hilarious remarks and nicknames said in this podcast are not intended to be offensive in any way. Listener discretion is advised. Kiss your cousin. Kiss your cousin. Kiss him on the lips. All right, this is the Cousins AFL Fantasy Podcast. I'm Keebs, coach of the Super Subs. I'm here with my cousin Jados. Coach of NFNL, KFKL, no fife, no life, no fife, no life. Kiss your cousin indeed. You look chipper, mate. Yeah, I'm pretty chipper, yeah. Up and about? Uh, I'm up and about. I scored pretty well this week and it's just easier to come in and record the podcast when you haven't had a shit week. So Can't relate. <laughs> you can, mate. Couple down weeks in a row for the subs. It yeah. wasn't it, it wasn't that bad, but I did drop in rank by about nine hundred spots, and I was subjected to some distressing viewing, mate, over the course of the weekend. <laughs> what viewing in particular? Well, it started with Gus on a Friday night, that absolute dog, and then <laughs> the JJ injury was what capped it off and really. Just ruined the weekend for me. Wow. So you're just straight into your flogs already, huh? Yeah. Well, There's uh, no, no time wasted. Keeps is roasting already. Well, that wasn't intentional, but <laughs> JJ doesn't get a roast. He was one of the picks of the year, mate. And it just, it went south. It's not his fault, but it's still up, upsetting. It's, uh, it's distressing. It's just distressing. It was a distressing weekend. I feel distressed. I'm sure our listeners can tell. <laughs> um, all right. Well, You've said that you've had a down week, but what exactly did you score? Okay, so I scored 22.54. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't that bad, but considering how close I was to a, a decent week and the things that happened, it was distressing. My rank is now 8,906. So I've dropped two weeks in a row from, from my 5K ranking and I'm on the slide, mate. What did you score and rank? So I scored a 23-26, which is not too bad. And not I went too up. Bad. <laughs> Dog. <laughs> and I went up this week, and I'm now ranked 8,930th. So there's 24 spots between us. <laughs> How crazy is that? It's getting tight, mate. It's getting tense. We've got any family lunches coming up. There's just going to be some some tense family. Silent treatment, I reckon. Family time, cards. staring across the table from each other. We only talk on the podcast. Yeah, that's it. In that's between it. podcasts, you just nothing. You rock up here on a Sunday and it's just, yeah, it's go time and that's it. Thumbs up. Yeah, here we are. Um, it's pretty crazy, actually, that we're, our rank is so close considering our teams are pretty different at this stage. Like, um, every year we get criticized by our mates for having similar teams because we we talk so much fantasy and just kind of think very similarly about a lot of picks. But this year, I don't know. This is probably the most unique we've been in probably two or three seasons and yet it's the closest our rank has ever been. We started very very similar and it's just we've drifted apart over the the course of the 10 rounds. So yeah, yeah, we have a lot of uniques now. I haven't counted, but... Your brain's just been going haywire this year, I reckon. Mine. Bit of um, Taylor Adams action, bit of Sam Berry. Hey, I didn't start with either of them. <laughs> but you recommended both of them. Well, I've also recommended some absolute winners, mate. Like no, you Hunt have. and Allen. Yeah. No, you've you actually, honestly, you've been you've been pumping up so many players that have been doing so well. Um, I just don't follow my own advice. Yeah, just not picking is, them. 
the unfortunate thing. But maybe that I think that might be, you know, a consideration for us going forward is that we're just going to absolutely back our own instincts, back our own gut and, um, you know, actually follow through on the stuff that we that we preach. And I think the rank is going to fly from there. Yeah, it's a turning point this week, mate. We're going all the way to the top. Yeah. We're in Lux territory. Mate, you're up and about. You're happy. <laughs> happy podcast vibes. I think that might be a good segue into our hogs for this week. <laughs> Kick us off. Who's your hog? All right. Well, I brought in this guy this week, Bailey Smith for his 121. It was great to watch. He was on like, I think over 50 at quarter time. It could have been an enormous score. He did slow down, but... This hog stings me a bit because I did have merit in my team for the entire week and then decided to change it last minute. I was kind of inspired to change to Baz after Butters dropped his massive score and I was reminded to chase value, which I did. And it was a good choice to a point because Baz was good, buddy. He just wasn't as good as merit. So Baz is my hog because I brought him in and he scored well, but I'm also slightly disappointed. Hey, I thought, <laughs> I thought we managed... To- to change the tone to a positive vibe and you've just made it negative again. No, no, mate. No, no. Do better. <laughs> no, no. Actually, I want to talk about Baz quickly because it, it's got a bit of a negative sting to me as well because I know I don't want to continually bring up the Callum Mills incident from last week, but all of last week I was tossing up between Mills and Bailey Smith and it was pretty much a 50-50. I know we discussed it. We even had a phone call about it and I decided to go with Mills um and yeah hindsight mate well i, I yeah. was for me it was mills and sheed and i called you two minutes before lockout being like man i might get sheed instead of mills and what a horrible horrible choice that's yeah. turned out to be mate yeah anyway we move on we, we do, we're gonna do our best not to talk about Callum mills on yeah. this whole podcast how about how about that <laughs> that's just it's just a season killer but yeah we'll try and we'll try and be positive pete yeah Who's your hog? <laughs> My hog for this week, and we are back on speaking terms. It is Zachary Merritt. Back, I, thought, I thought you were back on speaking terms already, mate. No, not after last week. <laughs> so, so you were, and then you returned to not speaking, and now you're speaking yes, again. Yes, yeah, right. yeah. So we weren't speaking, then we were, then we weren't, and then we're, we're like, he scored a 158. I, I, I think that's clarify. enough to, to, you know, have a chat, you know, g'day. How you going, Zachary? Um, he had 39 disposals. Eight marks, seven tackles. That is a juicy, juicy stat line. And it was overdue. About time, Zach. And um, keep it up. Don't stop there. It was a distressing watch, mate. <laughs> All right. Well, why don't, why don't you tell me who your flog was while you're, while you're at it? Boom. All right. Well, I'm kind of hard-pressed to pick a flog okay. this week. Yeah, cool, man. That's cool. <laughs> nice. I'm just saying, like, I had some underperformers, but none of them, like, made me super upset. I don't know. Maybe it's because they're super popular players. There's Dacos in there. There's Stewart. But I'm actually going to give it to Andy McGrath, who's dead set the biggest flog to ever walk the earth, mate. Tried absolutely everything to get him to perform, right? So we tried, what did we do? We did insults. And then we thought, oh, you know what? Maybe we just need to praise him. We need to uplift him. Maybe some encouragement. But actually, the only thing that would kickstart his season is us trading him out. Yeah, but he's averaged 93 since we traded. It's... I can't even... <laughs> <laughs> what a it's dickhead. Actually- <laughs> In all seriousness, <laughs> watching that on Saturday night, him rack up and get to like... I think he was on 66 at halftime. 
I was like, of course, man. Of course this absolute wanker does this to us. We hold him for the entire season. And then we trade him. Average is 93 after we trade. And he gets a 117. A 117. That is nuts. That's 29 points better than his best score in our teams. Yeah, it's crazy. 29. (laughs) That is nuts. Well, we finally cracked the code with him, but it hurts. So... To anyone out there listening that still has him, like, no. respect. No no respect. <laughs> and also, you're welcome. Absolute luck for that, but <laughs> that's disappointing. I'll tell you what, because of that, let's. I will segue into my flogs, and it's time to call a press conference, mate. Press conference? It's press conference time. All right, I'll have to sting it. Sting it. Do it. Pollard, you're a toilet-trained AFL jerk media journalist. That's all you are. You're a pubic hair. All right, so for my press conference this week, it's a, it's a bit different. It's my second press conference of the season, but I've decided to write two poems about the players that upset me most this week. All right? So this is my Andy McGrath poem. I hate you, Andy McGrath. I want to hit you with my car or maybe beat you with a bat. Your 117 made me so flat. I hope you retire or get delisted. Your enormous head deserves to get fisted. I have lost all love for this game, and Glenn Quagmire is squarely to blame. That's how I feel, mate. That's poem one, all right? That came from deep down in the heart. And poem two, about a man I hate even more, Angus Brayshaw. You are a dog. Your helmet makes you look like such a flog. I'm not really sure why you wear it. To have you in the subs, I just can't bear it. So hit the bench, get lost, have a seat. Take a load off those useless feet. I want to hurt myself whenever you get near because you've made me waste another year. (laughs) That's touching stuff. That's truly touching stuff. And it is a waste of a year, mate. The sub-season's gone down the toilet (laughs) and it's Andy and Gus and I'll never forgive them and I'll never forgive myself. And that's all I want to say about it. Is there any way that Gus could turn it around for you because you've traded you've traded McGrath now so you can't he can't come good he can't come good for you now but Gus can still redeem himself no no there's no <laughs> he's dead to you forever it's, it's too late for redemption mate 10 rounds and he's averaging 74 disgusting there must be a line somewhere like if you <laughs> drop to 200 no no it wouldn't what would the line be 250 it honestly wouldn't increase his average enough for me to forgive him if he somehow got his average to 90 for the rest of the year then i would be able to forgive him for the rest of the year though all right so that is an enormous improvement he's averaging 75.5 so for him to to be averaging 90 this week he would have to score a lot of points, mate. 235. <laughs> All right, so that's your line. Yeah, no, nah, it's not. I hate him. I hate him forever. All right. Average 100 for the rest of the year, Gus. You're still a dog. So it's irredeemable then. It is irredeemable, All mate. All right. Well, I'm glad you called that press conference. I needed I needed a chance to speak from the heart, mate. <laughs> I, had, I was laying in bed on Saturday night, seething, feeling hurt deep down and I was like you know what? I need a creative way to express myself <laughs> and get across my pain and so I wrote those poems it's good just for that just for our listeners all right we're gonna <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna move on to our hot bakes hot 
Bakes. All right, for my hot bake this week, it's also Zach Merritt related. Now, I'm hot baking Brad Scott. This is what he said after the game. Listen to this, cuz. This is ridiculous. He said, this is about Zach Merritt, right? He said, he's got aspects of his game that I wasn't aware of. His defensive pressure, he's got a lot of capability. He's a better player than I thought he was. Gee. What does that even mean? Like, you're the coach of <laughs> you're yeah. the coach of the club, and this is your captain, and you go, oh, he's actually better than I thought he was. Clearly, Brad Scott hasn't been watching Essendon games <laughs> yeah, before like this ever. Year. Ever, mate. Zach Merritt is a genuine star of the competition. He's so like he's so good at footy. Like what I get that Brad Scott is trying to pump him up and he's just like complimenting him, saying saying that he deserved the the uh the medal that he won on on the weekend but like what a weird way to pump up a player and it kind of like it's in line with the way that he's been using him as well like throwing him around playing him a bit off half forward just like it actually took Darcy Parrish being injured Dylan Shield being injured Will Satterfield being injured for Zach Merritt to play a full game of inside midfield and that's what he does and then Brad Scott goes oh he's a better player than I thought he was Idiot. It's weird stuff. Absolute <laughs> idiot. It's weird stuff, mate. But hey, at least he's realized it and you got a good score out of it. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully he stays in that position, even with the others back. You would think so. It's interesting because they made him captain under Brad Scott's watch, but yeah, I don't know what I don't know what he's been watching really to not not rate Zerit as much as the rest of us do. Super <sighs> weird. All right, mate. I've got a hot bake as well. And it's Clayton Oliver. And it's for playing out the full game with his hamstring injury. Other players get injured. They go off, subbed out, out for the game. JJ, he had a hamstring injury this week, out in 43. Yeah, instantly subbed. Yeah, Clary gets an injured hamstring and he's like, you know what, I'm going to be a great lad for my coaches who I am not one of and play out the rest of the game, get to a good score. Clary, mate, when you're hurt, get off the ground. (laughs) Just get off, mate. you got to protect yourself at all costs, all right? <laughs> Self-preservation is the game that Clary needs to play. Not this, oh, I'm a hero. Let's play the full game out and look like a big man. No, nah, mate, get out. Self-preserve. And the secondary, I guess, outcome of this is that now he's out for possibly a month. And Angus Brayshaw is still in my team and he's probably going to get more CBAs. So... Yet again, I have another reason to hold Gus, who's averaging 75. But imagine if I trade Gus this week and he drops like a, a ton. His first ton of the year, BT dubs, because he's in the non-ton run. I would be, I'd be ropeable, mate. I don't think I'd be able to do the pod. I would have to retire on the spot. So, Clary, shout out to you, mate, because now I'm going to have to hold Gus. And it just hurts me. It, it, like I said, it's irredeemable what Gus has done to me. And I have to look at his face for another month, probably. Just trade him. I don't know. You tell me, man. I can't Just trade do him. it. He's too cheap. <laughs> he's not worth. He's six hundred sixty-one k. He's lost like two hundred thirty on the year. Dead set flog. So, Clary, mate, just uh, come on, man. Like the the one time. <clears throat> You would think it would be beneficial for Clary to be out. It just hurts me. It hurts my soul. I'm sick of seeing Gus, man. And I also have a hot praise. That's right. We're going to switch it up and get more positive. And my hot praise is to Carlton for clamping up Nick Dacos. <laughs> Good stuff, boys. 79. Dacos is lost for the year. It was happy times watching that. Get to a 79, Nick. Do it every week, mate. Do it every week for the rest of the year, please. 
good stuff. Nice, excellent. Um, <laughs> just on Clary, there was <laughs> there was a funny picture that surfaced of him, at, like at just playing, <laughs> yeah, at the cast playing the pokies with the with the um little, like little hamstring sleeve on. <laughs> yeah. It's just chilling. It's pretty funny. I don't. Well, we don't know the news yet, but like because he's still the scans haven't. You know, the news hasn't come back yet from it. But they're saying, yeah, up to a month maybe or looking at a month. Yeah, a month was the, the rumour. So, I mean, it, look, it, it is it is good for us because we don't have him. So, I'll take a month. And look, Take a holiday. If Gu- Stay at the cast, mate. If Gus can get to a 90 from that, that's fine by me, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever hated a man so much that just the sight of his face makes you feel angry? Have you ever had that? Serious question. Because I've got it. With two players right now, I just I see him and I'm like, <laughs> oh. I wish I hope he gets DPP just so I can get him away from defense. So it's not the first thing I have to see when I look at my team. <laughs> I can't think of any players like that. I've had some I've had some clangers. I've had some ones that have made me mad. Fifty seven. Seriously, he had. We put up a stat on the cousin Twitter. I'm not done. I'm still mad. <laughs> We put a stat up on the Cousins Twitter this week and we, we ha- the stat half got shouted out on Ball Boys, but Luke forgot what the stat was. Well, that's all right. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, Gus averages 92.2 when he gets any CBAs and that's since 2021. Any CBAs, 92.2. That is solid work. Gets eight CBAs this week. You're like, all right, he's got 90 plus. 57? Are you kidding, mate? You just suck, mate. You suck. I've been holding on to this all weekend. Not even holding on because I've, <laughs> I've been venting to you all weekend about it. And now I'm venting on the pod. I'll never stop. <laughs> I'll never stop, mate. I'm going to have to make you stop. Let's segue into our, <laughs> into our next segment. I'm losing my marbles here, mate. <laughs> you are, you're going genuinely crazy. All right. Let's move on to our roundtable discussion. This is our Knights of the Roundtable. We're Knights of the Roundtable. Okay, so we are King Arthur's Knights around the round table discussing everything relevant in the realm of AFL fantasy. Good. You're going to leave me hanging like that. (laughs) Why are you doing this? No, I'm just being silly, but seriously, sorry listeners for... Banging on the gust drum so much, it just it just hurts me deep down, you know. But I'll drop it. I will drop it. No more gust talk. No more gust talk for the rest of the year. <laughs> <laughs> no, for the rest of the pod. And you know, look, maybe beyond that, but we'll see how we go. We will see. All right. So I've got a couple of discussion <laughs> points written down, and I'm going to lead off with the Brisbane midfielders. Would, do, you, do you want me to lead off with it? We didn't really discuss how this was Who was going to lead it? Well, I'm... I've got some stats, though. The floor is yours. All right. Thank you, mate. <laughs> okay. So what I've done is I've looked at the Brisbane midfield's first five rounds when they were, you know, seemingly in a bit of a form slump. And then I've compared that with their last five rounds because 10 rounds of the season have passed just to compare and sort of see how they're trending because it's... The scores have seemed like they've improved um, and we sort of noticed a change in game style, but these are the actual numbers behind it. So in the first five rounds, the the main Brisbane midfielders, and I'm calling the main midfielders 
Josh Dunkley, Lockie Neal, Will Ashcroft, and Hugh McGluggage. They're the, they're the main four. So in the first five rounds of the season, they averaged 83.7 collectively. And in the last five, they've averaged 100.8 collectively. So that's an increase of 17.1. But now, if you break down the numbers individually, Neil has increased on his average by 2.8 points. Ashcroft has increased by 17.6 in the last five. Dunks has increased by 22.6 to a 117. And McGluggage has increased by 25.6 from a 69.6 to a 95.2. Now, that's a lot of numbers <laughs> coming at you, but McGluggage, Ashcroft, and Neil are all averaging mid-95s in the last five weeks. So what do you make of those numbers, Cuz? Tell me. It's pretty incredible stuff because I know we were saying it at the start of the year and I know a couple of other podcasts were talking about how you just don't want to touch any Brisbane midfielders and they're all scoring terribly. And it seems like they're, you know, slowly but surely, you know, just reversing it, you know, or like coming good slowly. Um, it's pretty, yeah, the stats don't lie, right? Yeah, well, I mean, two two five-game stretches it's really like two two halves of the season that have just vastly vastly different like i said 17.1 increase on average in points in that in that stretch of games which is pretty telling and like dunks and ashcroft now are putting up elite numbers like <laughs> sure are. ashcroft for a rookie dunks for a primo um and now mcgluggage is is up to a 95 neil's up to a 95 they're like they're all honestly in my opinion great fantasy options yeah now. Like you could bring any of them into your team this week and just feel feel good about it. McGluggage is is the biggest swing though. He's averaging sixty nine point six in the first five games. That is horrendous. That's terrible. Well, okay, just a couple of things. the The promising thing is that all of them have all gotten better together. It's not just like oh, you know, this person went down a bit, but this person went up a bit. It's like all four of them have considerably gone up, except for maybe Neil. He's gone up a tiny little bit. Yeah, just a touch, but he's still <clears throat> improved and. Three of last of Neil's last five games have been like elite games. They've been good, yeah. Um, so there's that. Um, what do you What do you think the reason is? High di- is it higher disposals? Yeah, just well, yeah, it, it definitely is high disposals. Um, they've all Im- improved on their disposal average, but yeah, I think it was just like a touch of game style early in the year, and just a, really just a collectively slow start. Um. I mean, it made a lot of sense for Dunks to have a slow start, being that he was in a new team. Ashcroft is a rookie, so you can kind of explain those two by, I guess, just natural improvement as the years gone on, um, being in you know more sort of consistent roles and getting used to being in a new team. But McGluggage is the is the outlier that I just have no idea why he was playing so bad before. It doesn't make any sense. Like I, I suspect his CBAs were a little bit down from the the end of the previous season that, just by a little bit just just by the sheer fact that Ashcroft wasn't there before and Dunkley wasn't there before who were taking like a considerable chunk of midfield time they still are though which is the thing like we haven't really seen let me just confirm yeah but it just this. it might just take a bit of time to adapt to that maybe that's true i'm going to i'm going to segue into uh, another McGluggage stat that i've got cuz we're chatting about him now and the stat is this since the start of 2021, when McGluggage has less than 50% CBAs, he's averaging 
So low CBAs, and he still averages 95 points. Since, since when? The start of 2021. So that's a Pretty three- impressive, yeah. Three-year sample size when he has less than 50%. So he, he has been a primo for, for a couple of years. It's not like last year was the only year that he was- good yeah so but that's that's again why those that first five game stretch is so hard to explain for me because he has form not being in the cba rotation um yeah it's just it's just weird it's just a crazy crazy outlier for a a team that's found form collectively but it's really interesting the fact that you say that they're all options now though is interesting when you think about the fact that they all have a buy after after this round coming up yeah, so, you know, obviously by dependent and, and it all comes down to your personal, um, you know, team structure. But, yeah. but money-wise, they're I mean, all options. Yeah, just in general. Like, they're all still relatively underpriced. Dunks is on the expensive side now because of his 170 that he dropped a couple of weeks ago. Um, you wouldn't get Ashcroft in though, would you? But no, you wouldn't get Ashcroft. But if you have Ashcroft, you wouldn't get rid there's of there's no way you're trading after a 109 and a 127 back-to-back. Sorry to sorry. To it say, hurts mate. the soul. It hurts the soul so much. I um uh, I said it on the podcast last week, but I'll I'll quickly um <laughs> refresh your memories for those of you that can't remember. I traded Ashcroft last week to Mills, and I worked out it's cost me a total of 141 points and 113k. Yeah, flat. Brutal, mate. Flat, mate. It's not. It's not great, is it? But no. The yeah yeah look. I don't know. I can't say much to help you, mate. <laughs> it's just bad luck, but like it's yeah, it's just genuinely it it makes me feel sick. Could Ashcroft be a keeper though? Uh no. Not a keeper. You don't think so? No, nah, not a keeper. To be a keeper in the midfield, you've got to average one oh five and he's not I don't think he's averaging one oh five for the rest of the year. Certainly, you know, he could do mid nineties. He could continue his form from the last five, which is ninety five point six, but he's not gonna be a legit keeper in the midfield. Man, but if you think about it, like at the end of every season, people have tons of players that are averaging like mid nineties in their final team. Yeah, like having the, having a completed year? team doesn't mean you have the top players in every single position. No one gets to that point really. I, I think we're going to this year. <laughs> we will get close. It's, yeah. Well, there's fourteen rounds left. There's an extra three trades this year compared to seasons gone by. And most teams are only like a few players away from being finished already. So, but I, the fact that he has that early buy as well might might mean that somehow he, you know, he could last through the buys for sure. But I don't think he's a player that you want in your team at the, at the end of the season. Well, I hope not because I don't have him. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, out of all those players, McGluggage is the one that I find the mo- most interesting though because he has put the most upside on his poor start, and I think he's got still the most upside to come out of all those guys for, just from a fantasy standpoint this year. So I'm pretty keen on it. Um, what's he priced at now? 747. <sighs> so you'd probably want to grab it this week or next, but like well, um, next week is the buy. So well, yeah, he'll be, after, he'll be a sorry, good target. After. He'll be a good target coming off his buy, I reckon. Yeah. And like I mentioned, CBAs aren't a massive issue. Like he's still done 95 without CBAs in the last three years. So you know, obviously you you would like some more CBAs, but um, he's going to be fine even if he doesn't have them. Mm-hmm. Now, talking about team trends, um, there's another one that I wanted to bring up in the discussion, which is Essendon and their chippity-chip game style. Um, like we saw Ridley had 14 marks. Andy McGrath, the dog, had 12 Don't marks. Don't say his name. <laughs> Nick Martin had 11 Um 
Even Heppel had nine, Perkins nine. They were chipping around heaps. Merritt eight, Redmond eight, Caldwell eight, Zerk Thatcher nine, Durham nine, Baldwin nine. That's, that's so many marks. That's so, so many marks. It's gross, mate. It's so gross. But is that is that something that we're going to see from Essendon from here on out, or is that just an anomaly? Well, we saw it in the preseason, mate, and that's why we jumped on Andy McGrath and why we thought Ridley could possibly be a good, a good option. Don't, I don't know if it's sustainable. But I don't know what to make of it, though. It's annoying, yeah. it's annoying that it yeah. took until round 10 to see it. Yeah. Well, it... it, it it at least makes me feel a little bit less insane for thinking that Essendon players had value in the preseason. Like what we saw was actually a real thing. It's that that could have transpired in the season. It's, it's just that it hasn't happened until around ten. It's a it's a painful vindication. Yeah, it really is. But yeah, yeah I mean, but you know, any it, of them options? I don't think so. <laughs> grass so cheap. If you see another, if you see another couple games of it, maybe. But I mean, it, as a, a former McGrath owner. You'd have to do some stuff to me to get me to get him back in my team, man. <laughs> what kind of stuff? Oh, just bad stuff that we can't say on the podcast. But <laughs> like get specific, it, nah. In all seriousness, <laughs> for me to bring McGrath back into my team, Brad Scott would have to come out and say he is a full-time midfielder, and that's the only position he's going to play for the rest of the year, and that's the only circumstance under which I would bring him back into my team. All right, interesting. Can, yeah, I, I, don't no, do it, Peter. No, I'm I'm with you on that. Like. I think for those who didn't own him at the start of the year, you don't have that like you don't have the pain, the recency pain that the two of us have had of just sitting there for eight rounds watching the stupidest potato run around and do nothing and average like quags. Yeah, what did he average for us? Like seventy one. Yeah, not not good stuff. That's not what, good. Definitely not the ninety three he's averaged since we traded. No, yeah, not even close to it. But. I just thought I'd flag it because, you know, it, there might be some value for some players, even even for guys like maybe Hobbs or something like that. Um, he didn't have, like, the biggest stack of CBAs, but if they if they continue to chip it around, like, I think an 80, 85 average is po- possible for Hobbs. Oh, what do you reckon? No, it's, it's definitely possible. Like, he's a high draftee in his second year. Getting some CBAs, but nine CBAs, that's a massive concern, especially when Shield is, you know, probably going to come back very quickly into the team. I know Parrish and Setters are out for a few weeks, but I think as soon as Shield's back, Hobbs probably loses a couple more CBAs again. Um, and yeah, I just couldn't, I couldn't trust him in my team with, with such an inconsistent and uncertain role. So it's definitely a no from me on Hobbs. Last week was the week to do it if you did. And kudos, kudos if you did, because he, you know he could still be good, but you wouldn't. You just wouldn't jump. It on is. Now. It is still a risk, isn't it? Like it was a big risk last week, and it's no less of a risk this week, really, is it? Yeah, I can't say I really saw anything that like screamed out to me that I need him in my team for his price. And like I said, the CBAs are just not quite where you want them to be. So, yeah. All right. There are a couple of other things I wanted to talk about. The next one is that so there are some rookie options. But I want to say that they're, like, they're options, but they're all guys that you have to pay up for. So we saw Wardlaw had his debut this week, and he was he was really good. Um, Fantastic. What did he score? Like a 72. 82. 82, okay. Yeah, he was really good and like smashed the eye test as well. Got some inside midfield time. Was really, really good. Um, so he's definitely an option for all of us now that we've kind of been screaming out for an option, and he, he's presenting himself. Um, Humphrey... 
Now you're really going to have to pay up for him, but yeah, man, he was good. Now. He scored a 90 from 26 disposals. Backed it up from a 95 and then a, a 60, what, 67 the week before? Yeah, he's smashing it. Three-round average in the 80 mark for a rookie is terrific stuff. Really good. Um, a lot of people were, were a bit scared to bring him in because of the zero that he scored a few games ago, but three weeks of form now. He's a rookie. Could you do it on the... Definitely. four twenty three. Yeah, I reckon you could. So, I, yeah, okay. For, for a comparison, I brought in Seamus Mitchell this week for four, like at 414K, so about the same price as Humphrey. Um, he scored an 85, so that was a great trade. You have to be happy with that. Yeah. Um, if you think about it, right, like guys like like Seamus Mitchell, for example, uh, I think he's he's too much now. Maybe? Nah. We'll, you, we'll, yeah. get, we'll, get, we'll get to the specifics. I don't think you could do it now. The Four, thing he's is, up to right? 470K, the that's thing is, he's, he's dropping 80s and 90s. Like, it's it's not too different from, like, Jason Johannesson, it's who just, up until this week was looking like a really fantastic pick. And you picked him up for somewhere in the 400s, right? Like 490 something? Yeah, I think 492K. And you were stoked with that pick. Yeah, but the difference is, JJ had a run of, like, eight years of established form in that role. Whereas a guy like Seamus Mitchell, who has been in form, like he's dropped a 90 and an 80 back-to-back. And even a guy like Humphrey, who's dropped back-to-back 90s, you're looking at guys who don't have any form ever in the AFL. This is their first season. Like This is the data. Yeah. yeah. Mitchell has been phenomenal, but he's just as likely to drop a 40 next week as he is to drop a 90. You know what I mean? Like... It's hard to base the only forty he dropped was was when he was subbed though. That's true, and I feel like he's no danger of that now. That's true, but no, I don't think he's going to get subbed either. But again, you look you're looking at a guy who's playing his first games in the system. It's just hard to, and he was two hundred k six weeks ago. Now he's four seventy. It's expensive. I think the only the only way really that you could justify it is if you think he's going to do eighty plus. I think he. Oh. That, that's what I thought when I brought in JJ. I thought, yeah, this guy's a, a seventy-five at least. Whereas Seamus Mitchell, if you take out his sub-affected score, he's doing seventy-three point two on the year. That plus the rookie tag, it's four seventy is just a bit, a bit too a bit expensive. Too right, I, I got I, one more for you, Josh Weddle. I was just about to say I'd probably rather pay for Weddle. He turned up because he's, <laughs> he was he's amazing, much cheaper. Yeah. He was, and I tell you what. I said last week that he was a better option than Sharp. I said it to you, mate, and I stuck by it, and Wait. it was vindicated. Yep, but you didn't pick him. No, I didn't. I got Mitchell instead, which I'm I'm still happy about. But Weddle is still under 400k, so I think I think you could bring him in because he's still close enough to that rookie price. Him and him and Humphrey. But again, this is probably the last week to grab both yeah. those guys. Def- <laughs> definitely no Mitchell for me this week, though. Yeah, it's an interesting discussion to have, though, because like last week we we did say it, like there are just no rookie options, and this week it feels like yeah there are guys that are gonna get the cash gen rolling, but they're not downgrade options. They're kind of like your rookie sideways to get the cash moving again. You know, um, is that something that you would look at doing leading into the buys, like a double sideways? Say say for me, because something I'm looking at is potentially going. Um, who am I getting rid of? Like Pedler and maybe Chinkotta to Wardlaw and Humphrey. Like it doesn't really make much money, but it kind of sets up the cash gen leading into the buyers and maybe some players that can drop some capable scores during the buyers, you know? 
if they're the oh. if they're like the seventeenth or eighteenth scorer and can score like a sixty plus. It's an interesting one. I'm not massive on like Pedler to one of those guys because I think Pedler is you know basically doing the same, slight you know slightly less than than Humphrey. Yeah, but the break even is very different though. Yeah, the B like Pedler to Wardlaw is that a move you'd make? A Surely. Guy- yeah, Pedler to Wardlaw for sure. But the point is, a guy like Pedler who's basically fully fattened, you don't really want to go to someone like Humphrey and only bank, what, 100K? Less than 100K maybe? Yeah. To to do that trade, it just you know, it doesn't feel great. Someone like Chim Cotter or Fergus Green who is is currently a red dot sideways, I think that's a terrific trade because it restarts cash gen. Like, you know, completely restarts cash gen in those spots. But yeah, I don't know. Pedler to Humphrey just doesn't feel like it's a, it's a great move to me. Well, I'm... Go- well, you could think of it this way. I'm going peddler to Wardlaw, which is like just under 200K or something, right? I like that. It's- and then Chincotta to Humphrey, which is a red dot to a to a playing rookie with the good buy. That is, <laughs> that is getting me cashed yet. Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny. It's, it's funny. <laughs> it just when, depends how you want to think about it. It's funny when you put it that way, but I do like it much more than saying like peddler to Humphrey. Because, <laughs> yeah... I mean, the the main aim with your rookie trades at this point in the season should be getting red dots to green dots for the upcoming buy rounds. So trading green dot rookies to more green dot rookies just doesn't doesn't feel great unless you're going, you know, down enough to justify it, like a, a cash grab. Like you said, peddler to Wardlaw, it's, you know, almost 200K. That's a solid trade. Yeah, I think it's more just that, yeah, the double sideways doesn't feel good to me, but I, I feel like this is the week you can tick it off, like one week before buys. Yeah, you know, yeah. and like you have you have some money leading into the buys, and the other thing is there are just no, there are no really 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 cheap options that are like screaming out at me. I mean, I mean, no, we'll get into none. we'll get into some player <laughs> discussion, like some specific players that we might look at for this week, but. There aren't any that I'm like, yeah, I need this person in my team. It's like, oh, he might be good. He might have upside, but like it's not a priority yeah, it's player the, to chase. It's really know? just the, the overpriced guys, you would say. Now, like we discussed, you know, Weddle, Humphrey, Wardlaw. Wardlaw's not really overpriced. He only, he's only played one game, but yeah. yeah, the guys that are getting to be mid-priced now and not rookie-priced, it's weird. It's such a weird season for it, mate. Super weird. Yeah. But so far, up until this point, I think those those cheaper, like, you'd call them like really cheap mid-prices or maybe expensive rookies, like in the in the high 300s, like 400 range, have mostly been like decent picks, like solid pickups. None of them have like gone down in price or like absolutely sunk your season. Even the ones like who haven't been that great, like Stocker, have sort of turned it around and now actually been good. He's averaging close to 80 now. Yeah, it's pretty nuts, right? Like, I can't think of any any guys that people, like, really, like, really cheap guys that people brought in that that have just been horrible, horrible picks. Maybe Chase Jones is the only one. I don't even think he's been that bad. He hasn't been that bad. Yeah, he hasn't hasn't gone below what he was priced at. He's probably still made close to, like, 100K as well, right? Yeah, so the week that everyone was getting really, really warm on Chase Jones, he was 486K and he's 583 now. So he's gone up 100K. He's averaging 71 on the year. He has, he dropped a 37 that week, which was the week everyone was keen on him, but he still has a five round average of 68, which isn't like absolutely atrocious for the price point. Um, And you get these guys to make money, which, you know, Humphrey, Weddle, Wardlaw, like they're all going to make a stack of money and they're going to be green dots through the buyers. So... Tick it off, do it, do it, people. But 
try and do it as soon as possible. So you're to, saying to, Humphrey, to maximize the cash. So you're saying Humphrey, yep. Wardlaw, yep. Weddle, yep. Mitchell, no. Nah. He's just, <laughs> I don't. He's, he's arguably arguably been the best of them. But you're gonna pay four hundred and seventy k for a rookie. Uh, you can't justify that. Yeah. You can't. There's no. He's he's such a nice role though. I can't. And like he smashes the eye test and shame, uh, shame, Sam Mitchell pumped him up. It's just the fact that he's a rookie. You know, like these guys, Chase Jones, JJ, the guys that we're referring to, none of them were rookies. Stocker, like Hunt, Allen, none of them were rookies. They were really cheap, but they weren't like actual rookies. Again, this is a first year player. And to get him now as a rookie, you really want him to go up at least 100K. Yeah. Which, you know, he's probably he probably will, but it's just getting to the point where, like if he drops a bad score, his bear is going to skyrocket and then his cash gen is going to be in trouble. Mm-hmm. All right. So... Rank the others for me then. We'll say we'll say we're not recommending Seamus Mitchell. I'm Man, putting you on the spot here. You definitely are. Because <laughs> right, so I feel like we're going in circles with the Seamus Mitchell. So I'm just I'm gonna cross that off. Yeah. And then rank the other three for me. Okay, so in terms of cash gen, I'd go Wardlaw, Weddle, Humphrey. Or nah, I'll say Wardlaw, Humphrey, Weddle. Weddle just turned up. It's weird, hey. I can't rank I him. It's honestly, I did not think I did not think he had it in him. It's but. it's honestly too hard to 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 pick him apart. But I, th- I think they're all options. Have and a think about it. Maybe we'll tweet it or something like that. If you're planning on getting all of them in, like if you really want to trade these guys in over the buyers or to have a safety for the buyers, then I guess you would just go most expensive to least expensive. Um, you know, like grab Humphrey first, then Weddle, then Wardlaw. Because that kind of makes sense to if you're going to have all of them in your team. But you know, if you need one this week and you can only get one, or you only really have space for one, then you, you probably go to the cheapest, which is Wardlaw. That's what I'm doing this week. Yeah, getting me Wardlaw because I can't, yeah. I can't really see myself bringing in, you know, three of these guys over the next two weeks. Yeah. All right, let's move on to our next discussion point, and we're going to talk. We're going to swing back to Clayton Oliver. Um, and some potential options, maybe. What would you be doing if you were a Clayton Oliver owner? Probably just, you know, sideways into Laird, Andy, Merritt. Another primo, right? Yeah, one of those guys. Underpriced primo? Yeah, you're you're making money if you grab any of those guys for Clary this week. So it's it's just the easy option. Um, Grab whatever primo you think is going to perform the best out of those guys. A, A bit of a left field option would be to go like really cheap get someone like Simpkin and make yourself, what, 270K? It's a lot of money. And then put that on a rookie to, to, to an upgrade. Um, that's a, that's also a viable option if you're, if you're keen on someone like Simpkin or, you know, even McGluggage. But obviously you're not going to get the same output from them that you've had from Clary in the first 10 weeks, unfortunately. It's like, it's like a slight restructure if you do that, but you could definitely tick that off. Yeah, for sure. Um yeah, these guys, this there is a lot of underpriced options at the moment. I think if I, yeah, it, it just it depends what your team is like. If you yeah, exactly. if you're rolling with a dud rookie on field, then maybe maybe the restructure is is the way to go. But if you're down to like two or three rookies, which I know a lot of people are kind of at now, or two, anywhere between two and four, I feel like most people are down to now. Um, and you're rolling with like Mitchell Pedler. You know, all these guys that we've just been talking about, those like kind of fattened rookies that are making money and like scoring 60 plus 
then yeah, just go go like for like. I reckon get get in your lairds or your your brayshaws. I'll tick that off. Yeah, for sure. It, it is an option. But the other option, you know, Peddler's gone up enough now that you could do Clary and Peddler to like Simpkin and McGluggage. And if you have some cash in the bank, if you already have, say, 150K, you could go Clary and Peddler to Steel and Simpkin. Like, I would feel better about that if I'll you love, had a bit of cash in the bank. I love Simpkin as an option this week, if, <laughs> if you couldn't tell. He's just so cheap, mate. So, so cheap. He's... Average 95 two years in a row. He's getting – he just played his best game of the year. You know, if you can do something like really strong with the cash, then I, I would recommend going all the way down and banking the cash. If not, then I'm getting a, a primo like Andy or Laird or Merritt. All right, cuz. Stop what you're doing. I'm stopping. It is time for our nincompoop check-in. Augustus Gloop, Augustus Gloop, the great big So this week, Ollie Wines – Scored an 85 in the wet. He actually played an awesome game, but the non-ton run is still alive. It is still alive. We've got now six players on the non-ton run. I thought you were going to say more about Wines, to be honest. You didn't really say a lot. What do you want me to say? Do, you want, do you want his stat line? It's supposed to be a nincompoop check-in, mate. <laughs> I, don't, I don't feel like we checked in. We just said his score. I need more. I need more from you. I don't have it ready. Wait, okay. Did, did he have clearances? Did he have meters gained? Okay. He, I know he scored a 110 in SC. <laughs> oh, God. So the SC, oh, I, I'm pretty sure he turned up before that in SC, but this is an SC podcast, mate. Okay. He had 190 meters gained. Bad. No good. Three clearances. Also bad. Also not very good <laughs> by his standards. <laughs> Harry's going to be mad again. Sorry, Harry. Our mate, our mate Harry is the biggest Ollie Wines fan and was pretty upset with uh, the with, poop yeah, with me that I, <laughs> that I decided to make him uh, one of our players that we consistently bash with our check-in. But the stats don't lie, Harry. Three clearances. Oh, <laughs> they did win, though. No, honestly, like from what I saw, I watched about half the game. He looked really good and honestly... He's getting so cheap that one good yeah. game is he's a potential option. We actually discussed like after that game that Wines could be an option soon, but I'm riding the non-ton run till round 17 because that was my bold prediction yeah. last week. So, well, <laughs> But getting to the non-ton run. So McGluggage was the first one to, to break the non-ton run and ton up this year. So McGluggage is out. There's six players left. And the non-ton run, for those of you who don't know, is players who averaged 90 last year and are yet to turn up to hit the the one zero zero this year. And so last week it was McGluggage, uh, where are we? McGluggage, Wines, Keys, Gus, Brayshaw, Jack Crisp, Nick Vlosten, and Carl Amon. McGluggage is out, and now those aforementioned six, Wines, Keys, Gus, Crisp, Vlosten, and Amon are left in the non-ton run, mate. Are yet to turn up. I have a question for you. Yes. Do you think any of them will get to the end of the season without a ton? Keys. Definitely Keys. Keys is playing the most disgusting role. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he doesn't look anywhere near it, does he? His, he has to be getting close to 400, like sub 500K. Yeah, so <laughs> Keys has a five-round average of 51. He did score 95 in round one, though, remarkably. So he's been close, but... He's the one that I would say is is absolutely no chance to to. He's going to be the last one left in the non-ton run. It's crazy when you consider the fact that he almost got to one mil last year, yeah. and that's last year when the salary 
was priced differently and one mil was like the craziest thing to get to. And in possibly the worst call of all time, I may or may not have said he was going to be the next fantasy pick. <laughs> <laughs> so shout out to me for that howler. But yeah, he's. I think he's winning the non-ton run. Who's your money on? Yeah, I think I've got to go with you. The others have like similar-ish roles to what they had last year, right? Yeah, yeah. They'll get there. Wines will get there. There's no way he's going the whole season without a ton. Yeah, like I think Wines is probably going to be a good option after his buy. Yeah. Like maybe he's been carrying a niggle. You could see like a a little bit of a rest helping him and him doing like 90 plus for the rest of the year, even though somehow he hasn't turned up in 10 games. Crisp will get there. He has to, mate. Yeah, Crisp. Yeah, you'd think so. Gus, I don't know what's going on with Gus. He'll get there too. Um, He'll get there this week. Oh, mate. If he does... There'll be some happy cousins next week on the pod. <laughs> um, let's move on to our player discussions now. So this is still part of our Knights of the Roundtable discussion, but I've got a couple of names for you. A couple we've already sort of touched on, so we'll, we'll move through them quickly if we need to. But the first name is Wardlaw. Yeah, he's yeah, a good, good Tick option. it off. Good probably, option, yeah. probably one of the best options this week, I would say. Yeah, poss- possibly the best option this week, just yep. in terms of cash generation and and also scoring. Yep. I think if you bring him in, you could be fairly comfortable playing him on field because he's going to have higher CBAs. I don't Hobbs. know. Yeah, I don't. If you really are super keen on Hobbs, you could do it. Like he had some CBAs, which was an improvement, but... Like I said, I just think it's it's not quite enough. Shields coming back soon. I'd I'd be a little bit concerned. If you're an owner, kudos, but it's it's not one for me. Wardlaw had eighteen CBAs. That's so many. And he looked good doing it. And LDU's out for a few more weeks. So yeah, Wardlaw is just an absolute Probably just, probably top top priority this week, really. Yeah, get him in your team, people. Um just quickly on Hobbs, um, for any of our listeners not in the loop. Um he is kind of yeah we we didn't really talk about it on the podcast last week because um, he sort of became more of an option during the week after we found out about Setterfield yeah but basically Hobbs has no proven history as an AFL scorer but he averaged 115 in the VFL as an inside midfielder so I think that's that's where all the uh, excitement about Hobbs has come from over the last week. But I think that's only from six games or something like that. It's not a huge sample size. Ah, uh, three games. And uh, la- like including last year as well. Yeah. Pretty I, sure. I'm pretty sure I had a look. It was six games. Okay, that, that makes sense, including last year. But he, he's yeah. only played three games in the VFL this year. This so year, yeah. For some great numbers. And he's definitely going to be an uber primo one day. Like, Mate, he's a stud. He's got but, he's got so much talent, but I just don't think he, he's going to yeah. average... I, well, I, I brought him in because I was I was in a bit of a pinch. I needed a cheap option, and I just, I decided to do it. And I'm pretty happy with the score. But yeah, it's still it's still a bit of a risk just with no proven AFL history. So I'm actually saying, even as an owner, I'm saying buyer beware this week. Yeah. Maybe maybe stay away. I I would rather probably grab Humphrey. I guess I guess <clears throat> the thing with getting Hobbs in now is you would want him to last until the end of the buyers. And you can't really guarantee that with, you know, these guys coming back in. So, Well, my plan is to trade him on his buy, which I think is round 14 off the top of my head. Yeah. He, um, he so could, I, I think he's got four more weeks in my team. He could stay in the team and have low CBAs in that time. It's just not a risk that I would want to take. But, no. you know, you, you could. You definitely could. Like, there's, there's a lot worse options around that price. Yep. All right. Humphrey, we touched on before. I think he's a good buy, but maybe put him just below Wardlaw. Yeah, 
and Weddle maybe as well. Yeah, I'll just say temper expectations with Humphrey. He's not going to score 90 every week, no. but he could average, you know, maybe 70? 75. Yeah. yeah. Until until sort of the end of the buyers. And then when Toot comes back into the team, he's probably going to have a bit of a dip in, in CBAs. I think Stuart Jew likes what he's doing though. So I still think he'll definitely get some CBAs even when Tuke is back. Stewie Jew does have his favourites. He and, uh, does. Humphrey is one of them. And Fiorini is not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dark times. All right. Hugh McCluggage. Yeah, I love it. Yes. Absolutely love it. Like I said, 95.6 average with less than 50% CBAs. That indicates that his floor should be, should be pretty high. And I think that first five-game stretch was a massive anomaly. So... I think he's a 95 plus for the rest of the year. Lockie Neal. Yeah, same same sort of stuff with Clug, except Neal's form has sort of been consistent through the year. I just think he has another level to go to, and I see him sort of doing that low hundreds like he has done for the last, what, eight years, basically. He's just too good to, to keep dropping 60s and 70s. Simpkin. Yeah, I love it as well. I'm, I'm massive on Simpkin this week. He's, he's currently in my team, but... Um, yeah, again, I think he's 95-plus for the rest of the year. This is funny because <laughs> I'll, I'll save it. I'll save it for later. Another uh, segment features those two players. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm i a little bit more cautious about Simkin than you are. You're wrong. He scored a 115, which was excellent, and it's his first like good score for the year. But uh, 28 touches and two goals to get there. I don't know. I just Simkin's always been a high disposal guy who doesn't do much else, but that's kind of why I think he's capped at like ninety five, or not, not capped at ninety five, but certainly he's not gonna gonna be like a one ten to one fifteen guy. But seven hundred seventeen k for a guy who's capable of doing ninety five, that you just pay that every day. So cheap. Yep. All right, Dom Sheed. Yep. Oh. Oh, mate, you're putting me on the spot. Just quickly on Simkin, he's averaged 89.4 if you take out that injured game this year. So that's pretty solid. He's pretty... Yeah, that's like basically 90 already. Yeah, mate. The Sheed chat is flattening. <laughs> <laughs> it's flattening. Oh, what is he? 723K. It's getting on the expensive side, but, mate, he's got a three-round average of 110. So He's shown more than Simkin. He's coming off one of the best games in his career. From, from a fantasy standpoint and just a, an AFL standpoint, he was like the only West Coast player that was genuinely great in our 116-point loss Far out. to Hawthorne. He looked so good, man. He smashed the eye test. What did he have? 30 disposals, two goals, eight marks, five tackles. That's vintage Don Sheed now. He's actually averaging 92.3 on the year, <laughs> which, which is what we all like predicted that he would be capable of. And if you tuned into bold predictions two weeks ago, I called the the return to a 90 plus average. So I'm, I'm claiming that mate. I think he, I think he just continues that form. So yeah, he's, he's still a buy at his price. You think so? But you're still saying Simpkin over Sheed. Yeah. Just, I think Simpkin's best is probably better than Sheed's from a fantasy standpoint. But man, Sheed is already averaging more than 90. Yeah. Look, it's impressive. <laughs> it's impressive. Stuff. And he's in good form. Yeah, he, he is. And uh, they're a very similar price. Yeah. I'm just throwing it out there. I think the thing... Three round average of 110. The thing for me that kind of pushes it over the edge is that Sheed started low 600s and Simpkins started at like 800K. So they've... Simpkins come down where Sheed's gone up. Um, and, I, you know, I think they're, they're possibly fairly similar in average on the year, but North is probably going to be a bit more com competitive than West Coast, which is a funny thing to say, but... 
It's true. I just think Simpkins, I just think he has safer, more safety in his scoring. All right, hold the phone. It is time for our Riley O'Brien check-in. This week, the big man scored a 114 with 63 hitouts, which we are pretty certain is the most hitouts <laughs> for the year. Facts check us if you want to, if you can be bothered. But I am 95% sure that that is the most hitouts anyone has had this season. Um, yeah, what a game from the big man. He 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 took it to um best game of the to year. Tim English. He yeah, served it right up to him. A man. couple of a couple of intercept marks as well. That's what we need to see from Rob. Just absolute ruck dominance. Hitouts and effort. We say every week. Hitouts and effort. That's what he brings to the table, and he he certainly brought it this week. Shout out to our mascot. What a guy. Yeah, I Good love on him. You. I love him. I want yeah. to kiss him. Yeah, it felt like his return to form was like was what my team needed. It, 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 it was a return to form me. for my team too. Look, his average is up to eighty nine on the year, which is like you know solid. <laughs> it's all right. It's not. It's just not too bad. What is he? The fifth highest averaging rock. Yeah, who's who's played every game? Just chuck that in there because I'm. At, oh, look, I actually want to yeah, check Nank this right now. Would, yeah, you, yeah, Nank's definitely got him, but Nank's only played five games. So Rob is the. Goes English, Marshall, Nank, Darcy, Wits, Rob. So Rob is fifth if you take out Nank. That's what I said. I'm a genius, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's keep going with our player discussion. Next, we've got Jack Steele. Yeah, just, yeah. He's he, so cheap. He is ridiculously cheap. That's all you need to say, really. He's averaged, he averaged 110 last year, 120 the year before, and he's like mid 800K. Just get him. Get him in your team. Don't think twice about it. Don't disregard the, the injury. That was that happened last week. He scored a one twenty. He's fine, and he's cheap. I weirdly, I want to say, don't disregard it because disregard it. To the eye, <laughs> to the eye, he did look hampered. That's all I'm gonna say. He he got he got rolling late. He scored a one twenty, mate. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, he's obviously not that bad. Nah, yeah, I don't know that he could. He, I wouldn't be surprised if if he he's been up and down, you know. Like yeah. even two, what, two weeks ago, he dropped a 120 as well. Yeah. 129. Hasn't really been that up and down. Like one of those, that, that 70 that he scored last week, he got subbed off. Like he was on track for a ton or, you know, close to. He's only really got one bad score on the year. It's Jack Steele. He's consistent. He's 873K. You're not going to get him much cheaper than that. They play the Hawks this week. Oh, stop it. Get him. Get him in your team. I guess you can justify so the 78 in round six was his first game back from injury. Yep. And he got motoring late. I think he had like a 46 point loss. Yeah, he was just nowhere to start. He was doing nothing for three quarters. The 85 against North in round eight, that's that's a bad game. Yeah. The 75 last week is sub-affected. So yeah, you're right. There's only one bad game that you can't explain for the whole season for Steele. And it's not like atrocious. I mean, Zeret's dropped 280s in the last like four weeks. Laird dropped 280s earlier in the year. Like 80s for a primo, they're bad, but they're not. They ab- happen. Absolutely atrocious. Yeah. Like you can live with an 80 here and there. So yeah, like I said, he's not going to get much cheaper than what he is now. So get him. Get him indeed. All right. Next we have Brad Crouch. Yuck. He has a five round average of 82. Oh, yeah. Right. We talk about Primo's dropping the odd 80. He's dropping like 80s back to back to back to back. Yeah. It's gross stuff, man. It, yeah. We, we both, I think, thought that he could be 
like close to a top eight mid at <laughs> one stage at the of, start of this year. I think a lot of people thought it. Like he, re- he's he not, was killing it. He's not even dropping eighties, mate. He's gone 75, 77, 83, 96, 79. Three seventies in the last five and no tons. That is as bad a form as you'll see from a primo. But the one flag with Brad Crouch is that he does have unexplainable bad runs of games and then just randomly turns it on. You watch. He'll maybe have another bad game or two and then he'll average 105 for the rest of the year. Yeah. (laughs) It's what he does. He probably will. But I wouldn't be jumping on until you see the form. Like you don't want to try predict it. As soon Um, as you see one good game though, I think you can launch into him. Yeah. He's going to be under 800K. Yeah. He's going to be cheap. Um, he it's it's a concerning sign for owners though. What I like I I tuned in for the start of the game, and he started on the bench. And Machido Owens was uh on like playing inside mid in the first like in the first rotation. I'm pretty sure first or second bounce. I saw him in there. I don't think it means much. Brad Crouch is is always going to get CBAs. He, I think he's just he in is, a bit of a but, form slump. But it's like. The guys that are like top of the rotations always get the most are usually starting in there, no? Um, he would have had bulk seat. Let, let's see how many he had actually. I actually don't necessarily think that's true. Great players start on the bench all the time. Um, he still had, where are we? 76% CBAs for the game. That's that's fine. That's, yeah. That's, oh, sorry. That's, that is 72 CBAs for the game. Um, yeah, that's fine. That's, yeah, actually, he had equal most for the midfielders. Yeah, right in line with his season numbers. I just think he's in a, a form slump, and that it will return, uh, will revert to to the norm eventually, and he'll go on to his hundred plus ways. Mm-hmm. All right, this is this is an interesting one. This next player, Braden Fiorini, the pastor. What do you make of it? It's he's so up and down. Like even within the games, it's scary stuff. Yeah, I think it's – I'm going to call it a medium priority trade. He's got two 80s in the last three weeks, but he's mid-600K. I don't think he's going to go up heaps more in price. Um, yeah, I, I, for me, it's it's a it's a trade sort of whenever you've got the luxury of it. I've got more pressing issues this week. Um, they play the Dogs, not the hardest team in the world, but – yeah, you could you could you could hold till his till his buy and then jump off. It's only two weeks away, but like I said, medium priority for me. He has the good buy though. That's the that's the thing that makes you sort of want to hold him. But you, like, are you going to hold him for five more weeks? Yeah, because that's see, what you have to do to justify. Ugh. Like to to unless you use unless you tra- yeah buy. unless like what you said you trade him at his buy to someone coming off their buy. Like maybe him. To McCluggage in two weeks' time is the is like the perfect trade. Their draw doesn't really open up either. Like they've got Dogs, Adelaide, Carlton, Hawthorne throughout the buy period. Yeah, that's that's pretty tough. Yeah, uh, for me, it's again a medium priority trade. I think I think just the fact that like you can probably get him to an underpriced primo like Steel. You could get him to Simpkin for seventy three k. That is a, you take that to off me to me that week. feels too sideways. Sideways. Really? Simpkins done 95 plus for the last two years yeah. and just dropped his best score of the year. Fiorini has two 80s and a 60 in the last three. This, Simpkins got 20 points yeah. on him at least. Maybe. Fiorini's one of those guys, though. He just has so much capability, like so much potential. But that's only that going like, to manifest if he gets CBAs, which he's got He's got zero he scored, in the last two He scored 112 weeks. on the wing a couple of weeks ago. But he had CBAs in that game. Not many. Six, like, I think, from memory. Let's check it. Check it. I want to see if that's right. And if it is, I'm, I'm going to be impressed with myself. All right. You, you riff, I'll check. Um, Yeah. So, But his CBAs have gone down. He's get, 
Zero in the last two weeks. He he dropped a sixty on West Coast. He had three CBAs. Three. In that there game. you go. Um, he dro- yeah, he dropped a sixty on West Coast. It doesn't get much easier than that. West Coast are Optus, which is like a prime ground for a wingman. There's just nothing to indicate. I think his scoring is just going to be random playing on that wing. Um, he's just as likely to drop a sixty ne- next week as he is to drop a ninety. So, is that someone you really want to ride for a few more weeks? I'd like to jump off. As, as soon as I can, really. Yeah, I, I'm keen to jump off too, but I'm just saying, like, he's totally one of those guys that will dunk a 110 on your head as soon as you trade him. <laughs> he could, yeah. His B is 72, so it's not like it's super low. I don't think he's got too much cash gen left. All right, next name, Seamus Mitchell. We've talked about it a lot, actually. Let's skip right past it. Harry Perryman. Yeah, I put this name on the run sheet because I wanted to talk about Perryman. He's the same price he was th- four weeks ago when I recommended him, and I'm still keen on it. He's averaging, uh, I want to say 83.8, I believe, if you take out his injury-affected game on the year, which is a little bit under on what I see him doing for the rest of the year. I think he's a 85 to 95, probably around that 90 mark kind of guy, and at 650K, you can still jump on. Um, I, I definitely think he's about to go on a on a, a nice little run and boost his, his price. I would, I would even honestly be happy trading Fiorini to him, getting a bit more CBAs and has a safer role in the team. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. It just doesn't excite me. Maybe. Little stat on Perryman as well. He's averaging 88.4 when he has over 30% CBAs in the last two years. So low it's, 90s. It's solid without being amazing. Yeah, but at 650K, it's it's a pretty pretty easy trade to make, I think. I wonder what his CBAs were like as a percentage this week. He had 13. He actually had only one less than Josh Kelly. Yeah, he's he's been in that CBA mix. That's the thing. I, I think the good scores are about to come and he's just had a little bit of a slow, slowish period. Um, Yeah, 83.8 since he's come back from injury. But CBAs are solid. They're where you need him to be. Um, Low 90s for me. I think it's a good option. All right, cuz, you know what time it is? It what is time, time is it? for the Cousins Crystal Ball. Professor Filoni, he will return tonight. Sorry? Now, the Cousins Crystal Ball is the new name for our predictions bold segment. Predictions. Our bold predictions segment. Now, quickly, before we get into our predictions for this week, I'm going to quickly... Review, summarize how our predictions from previous weeks are going. So, my first one was that English will be a pig by the end of the year. This week, he scored a 121. So, it's a step in the right direction after a poor start. But there's a, there's a long way to go. Um, now, you also said Dom Sheed will average 90 plus for the rest of the season. And since then... He's averaging 110 since I said that. Yeah, 110 <laughs> since he said it. And a 139 this week. It's impressive stuff. It's looking really good. Now, last week I said Atkins will average 85 and hold his spot until the end of the buys. And this week he scored an 84. And he looked phenomenal. <laughs> he was awesome. His job security is getting stronger by the week, I reckon. Um, so Still an option if you're a non-owner as well, in my opinion. Yep. So again, that's two of the first three predictions. Looking pretty solid. And then your prediction last week was... Ollie Wines... Ton non-ton run is going to continue until round 17. So his first ton is going to be in round 17. And it continued. And, yep, we're on track. Now, what is your prediction for this week, Cuz? So my bold prediction 
for this week is that Simpkin and McGluggage will average 95 plus for the rest of the year. For the rest of the year? For the rest of the year. All right. 95 plus. So for Simpkin, that is putting, let's actually just check this on the pod. That's putting 11 on his average, 12, ah, sorry, 10.7. And for McGluggage, that is putting 12.6 on his average. Are you saying that by the end of the season, that's what their average will say? Or are you saying from this point on, that's what they're going to average? I'm saying from this point on, that's what they're going to average. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Okay. Is it is that bold enough for you? I've gone the two players to both to have bounce backs. Nah. It's not. See, I would have preferred you gone with one and like he's gonna average a hundred plus for go now or something. Ninety seven. For both of them? Yep. Deal. All right. You done. got you got yourself a bold prediction. Lock Nin- it in. Ninety seven plus Simpkin and McGluggage. It looks like our theme of long term predictions are just gonna continue. It's gonna, it means that the segment's going to get longer and longer and longer as we keep doing the check-ins. Hey, I'm all right with that. It's going to be fun at the end of the year to review our, to all review our ball all of predictions them. at once. Yeah, all right. Well, maybe maybe every week we don't need a check-in on English. Um, we'll just keep rolling them out. All right, so my, my prediction for this week is also... I'll call it a medium-term prediction. And you're not going to like this, but it is... Gus is going to be the highest average... Averaging defender between now and round 14. No, he's not. What are you saying, mate? That's three weeks of him playing inside midfield. No, 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 no. He's not, mate. Is that bold enough for you? That is, it's not even, it's not even bold, mate. That you. What are you doing on this podcast? <laughs> what are you doing, mate? I thought you'd be happy about that as an owner. We're getting that. Nah. I don't like... We're going to be owners together. Don't do it, man. I'm getting gas, mate. Don't do He's it. going to be the highest averaging defender between now and round 14. That is the boldest prediction I'm calling I've it now. Heard. I'm bringing it in. And if it doesn't blow up on Twitter... That is the most badass thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Seriously. We're going to ride it together. I can't. He's I'd... taking us to the promised land. He's not doing it, man. He's not the, the highest averaging defender... Gus has never been bad for me. So his three-round average by round 14 is going to be the highest out of all the defenders. Yep. Higher than Nick Dacos, yep. Jordan Dawson, yep. Sam Doherty. Yep. No, man. There's no way. All right. So so you want to you alter my prediction? You well, can let's ha- say Let's no, say top, can, let's say top three. No, let's say top three. Top three. All right. I'll give, is I, that still bold enough? That is very... It's right. still, very bold. He's we'll averaging 75 one we'll shake on it. Top three. Man, look, I, just based on your bold prediction, I'm going to have to hold him now. So yeah, I think you do. If it fails, it's going to be on you, mate. I'm bringing him in, mate. At this stage, if if you if Clary is out for a month, I'm getting Angus Brady. I'm launching into it. I want to. I'm I'm in silly season, mate. I'm ready to take some risks. I want to see you stand by your bold prediction. So if you don't get Gus in, I'll be upset. You will be. I need someone to ride the Gus because <laughs> sadness train with I me. I actually I actually had a thought for another trade, like as I was saying that. What? what? Well, maybe because when we were talking about Fiorini like ten minutes ago, I. I, I can get a rookie to Gus, which I think is probably the only way you'd want to take that risk, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, probably. I can go Philippou to Gus. I wouldn't, man. He's only 75. Still better than Philippou. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Gus is averaging 2.3 points more than Mitchell if you take out the sub-affected score. 2.3 points. I would literally trade Gus down to Mitchell. What's the stat? <laughs> what What is the stat that you keep quoting about Gus... Averaging 90 plus when he gets at least one CBA. Well, that, that stat has actually dropped now because of his 57 on the weekend. 
I'll recalculate it and we can post it on the cousin's Twitter. Maybe we'll do that. But it, it would be here's the it thing, would be right? high a higher eighty mid to high eighties now with, with one CBA. He he or had a more. shit game, but it was in the wet, it was against Port, they lost. He scored fifty seven <laughs> as an inside mid. That's just disgusting. <laughs> and he, I'll tell you what. He made some like big plays and watching the game because I didn't really get to check scores. I was just watching and he did some great stuff. And I was like, yeah, boy, Gus having a great game. And I see his 57. I'm like, what? what is going on? What is going on? It's only a matter of time for him. He's an elite midfielder when he gets the when he gets the CBAs. He is. He is. You cannot deny I, that. I know he is. That's why he's in my team because I <laughs> thought he was going to get him. Oh. I've set you off again, haven't I? No, you. I just. I'm concerned for your mental well-being uh, as a family member and co-host of a podcast. I don't want you to to come in and, and put our listeners through what I've been putting them through and what I've been going through. I don't wish that upon you. <laughs> I don't. I don't want you to do it to yourself. You, I don't want you to do it. And it, it won't be too bad for you because if you get him any fails, you just you know trade him out. But I've been. I've been. With him for 10 rounds. So I can't get off now. We're, me and Gus are together forever. <laughs> i got to stick with him. Imagine if imagine if, if I trade and he comes good. That will be the worst pain in the world. Exactly. So you have to you have to stick it out. Just uh, He's going to come good. There's no way he averages 70 for the season. There's no way. Don't do it to yourself, man. <laughs> I'm imploring you not to do it. We're going to have some chats throughout it's a the rookie. week. It's for a rookie though. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. All right, what about... All right, I've got to rethink my trades then. Please, I'm trying to help Maybe you. Maybe I should rethink my prediction. <laughs> I'm trying to help you. No, I'm sticking with... I care oh. about you, mate. I don't I don't want you to, to feel the anguish that I feel each week. I'm really keen on it. I, I'm dead keen on get it. Him. Get him then. Get him. I can't... If you want to listen to me, there's nothing I can do. All mate. right. Maybe we'll both be Gus owners. Mate, and we can, we can both be either super happy next week or just... The pod is going to be Depressed. so funny if Gus drops like a one fifty next week, and we both and we both own him, mate. It'll what be a, it'll change be up. the funniest thing of all time. It actually will be. There we'll, will be no funnier moment. As soon as I see you, we'll just have a massive chest bump and <laughs> just rave and, and kiss. He might even make his way into my hogs for the week, mate. Oh, pff, imagine may, the scenes. Maybe, yeah, the scenes. All right, I like it. I like it. I've changed yeah. my mind. <laughs> I'm feeling optimistic. <laughs> Let's go, Gus. It didn't take much to change your mood. Yeah, let's go. Come on, big man. We are, we are pro Gus podcast. It's a bounce back week. All right. We did say we wouldn't talk about him again, and he's just he's just taken up like five minutes of airtime just then. So. He's a um, polarizing man. He is, yeah. All right. Let's move on to the final of our segments for this week. We have Fantasy Proverbs. Fantasy Proverbs. Are you ready? I'm ready, mate. I need to be inspired this week, cousin. You inspired me two weeks in a row. I had my two best rounds of the year. And then the last two weeks, no inspiration. Just just random, random stuff. Well, get ready. Because it, this, this- Two worst rounds of the year. I need, I need a bounce back. I need it from you, mate. I need to be inspired. We're pointing at each other and looking at each other in the eyes. I'm pointing at you because you cut me off. Give it to me. I was saying no, this, was <laughs> this fantasy proverb, stop cutting me off, <laughs> is for you oh. and you alone. Okay, mate. Okay, right? let's go. This fantasy proverb is for you. Thank you. All right. Make the most of your regrets. Never smother your sorrow, but tend and cherish it till it comes to and have a separate and integral interest. 
To regret deeply is to live afresh. It's better to look ahead and prepare than to look back and regret. Cuz, it's the time of the season to make some big boy moves and not look back. There are no regrets from this point on. We've been making great predictions. We've been spying lots of value and we have been launching into it ourselves. But this week, we are launching into our predictions. This is it. Gus 150. <laughs> no looking back. 50. No looking back. I'm telling you, mate. This is this is the turning point of the season. And I'm looking at you. The slate is this wiped is, clean. If you don't get silly with your moves this week, if you don't do something drastic, I'm get. I will get as silly. I'm not coming back next week. I'll get as silly as humanly possible. People, no regrets. People and are no going to see my trades and they're going to be like, what is that guy doing with his team? And they're going to pop massively yeah. and it's going to be a huge week for the subs. You float players every week. You go, oh, so you know, oh I'm so big on McCluggage. Oh, I'm so big on Simkin. Oh, man, Perryman. I think he's a great option. Sheed, 90 plus from here on out. And then you don't pick him. I'm looking at you. I'm, I'm, you pick him and don't look back. I'll do it. This is the week, mate. This is the week. It's happening. And good. It's, it's, you've inspired me. I'm, I'm glad. inspired. I'm, I'm glad. feeling good. The slate has been wiped clean. Keebs is back on. <laughs> the bold predictions are being run with. The value players are being picked. The subs are dropping a 2-4 this week. 2-4. 2-4. Right. That's my it. other bold prediction. <laughs> and it's based on your proverb. Let's go. Let's, Let's go. go. The cousins are on the march. Let's go. It's happening. All right. I think that's a good place to wrap it up we've got happy vibes we're pumped up we are so keen for round 11 thank you so much for tuning in uh follow us on twitter at the cousins pod at the cousins pod at the cousins pod. we do all our best work there and we love just we love the engagement we love to you know have all the interaction with you guys on twitter um thanks so much for tuning in this week stay nifty with your trades. stay nifty with the news for round 11 and good luck. Gus 150, baby. Let's do it. All right. See ya. Kiss your cousin. Kiss your cousin. Kiss him on the lips. Kiss your cousin. Kiss. Your cousin